Good morning, everybody. It's a privilege for me to be here this morning for if we have any visitors today, my name is Eric, or, well, my legal name is H-E-R-Y, but everybody call me Pastor Eric just because it's easier for English speakers to pronounce it. But I'm the Hispanic pastor here. I have the blessing to be the Hispanic pastor here in First Christian Church, a church that I deeply love and a church that I consider my home. And for those of you that know me, I consider you my family, even when I don't remember your name sometimes. So I apologize in advance. Let's, let's pray and put this time in the Lord's hands. Dear Lord, thank you very much for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you, because we have this beautiful morning available to come to this temple to, to spend some time with you, O oh Lord, together as a congregation. Thank you, because we have the freedom to worship you, O oh Lord, and Listen, those beautiful sons from the choir, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, because we have the blessing and the opportunity to, to give some a little, a little bit or some back to you, O oh Lord, from the many blessings you give us in the daily basis, O oh Lord. Thank you for this church, and I pray, Lord, for Pastor Leonard, for Braveney, for Brian, that you uh, take care of them, that they have a wonderful time in Atlanta, that you will... Uh, Fill them with new ideas, and you use your Holy Spirit through them to just uh, refresh their lives and use this time for them as a refreshment time, and they can come back here with new energies and new ideas to help us to take your kingdom the next step, O oh Lord. Just take them back home. We need them, and we love them. Uh, and I ask you, Lord, for every, every one of us here today, and I ask you, Lord, that you take away any, any worries, any... Uh, responsibilities, any to-do list that we have in our mind today, O oh Lord, and we can just focus on you. We can just focus on your word, and we can just, we can just focus in what do you want to talk to us today? O oh Lord, I don't deserve to be here preaching your word and just a breach for you, O oh Lord. So I ask you, O oh Lord, through your Holy Spirit that you will teach, teach us today and teach me today through this sermon. I ask you all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Pastor Leonard asked me to preach, but he didn't allow me this time to choose my subject. He said, you have to preach what I'm preaching about. And, but I was really happy to know what he was preaching about, because he was preaching in the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel is one of my favorite ones. I teach it so many times to the kids. So for those of you that bring your Bible, or for the, the like to use the Bibles that are in the in the seats, uh, we're going to be we're going to be studying today in the book of Daniel, chapter six, the whole chapter six. If we have enough time, the whole chapter six. I'm going to try to catch up. And I, as I said, I put this time um, the the audio of the chapter many times, so I cannot try to learn all the weird words that I will have to try to read. But if you don't understand a little bit, just just, uh, just, you know, just uh, forgive me one more time. But basically what the pastor asked me to preach today is about where your hope is based. Where your hope is based. As I said, based in Daniel chapter 6, the whole chapter 6. But before I start preaching, I would like to know if we have any, any lady, any young girl named Hope this morning in the church. Well, I'm happy. Well, if it's any, uh, I'm not talking about you, I'm just talking about the Bible. Um, 
I try to see what hope means. I always like to go, you know, I'm an old school preacher, so I try to go to the Greek and Hebrew and check when I, when I'm, what I'm going to try to pass to you from the Lord. And when I start checking the, the word hope in Greek, uh, it comes from Elpidos. And, um, and I was amazed. I could, I could read it straight from Greek still. I, I'm not forgetting my Greek yet. Uh, but basically means expectation. Expectation. Hope means expectation. When you're expecting something. But it is very, uh, or is together with a good expectation. If you're expecting for something bad to happen, that's not really hope. That's something else. But it's really closer, we could say, that are compared to trust. Hope is very close, it's very tight in the Word of God with, with trust and confidence. Why? Because you cannot have hope in somebody that you don't trust. You cannot have hope in something that you don't, you don't have confidence. You know, you... It's like many of you, uh, it happened to me many times, it happened to me in New York and in Pittsburgh. It's like when you're going in the, in, you know, in, when you're driving in Pittsburgh and out of the blue your GPS starts acting crazy. And you have to take the turn, you know, the, the, the line goes into three different lines and you don't know which line you have to take. And especially in New York, it's much harder because they put things in the middle of the line so you're not allowed to change lines and you're not paying tools that you're not supposed to pay. So I have to stop like three times to shut down my GPS. I turn it back on. I say, I hope that you will work. I put it back on. It still didn't work. It's telling me to turn right when it was not right. So I shut it off again and I put it back on. It didn't work again, so I, the last time I shut it off and I prayed for them, I said, Lord, just make it work. And I put it on back again, and it will work. And I make my destination. I said, I, I should pray the first time. But that's, you know, that's, we, we, we laugh about it, but that's, you know, we, we have hope in so many things. And we, we use hope in so many ways in our daily lives. We hope that when you turn the key of your car, the ignition will go on. Otherwise, you will not, you will not make it today to church. And in so many things, we hope it will work. And when they don't work, we're in big trouble. But what I'm trying to teach you today, using the history of Daniel, is that where our hope is based. And that <clears throat> the hope that we put in the Lord is never misplaced. And let's go to the, to the, to the Bible. It's, I'm going to try to read it for you. Um, Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule through all the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of, the, one of whom was Daniel. The satrap was made <clears throat> accountable to them, so that the king may not suffer lust. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by the exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. I'm just gonna, I, I would like to talk a little bit about Daniel's position and description. Daniel's position and description. Who was Daniel? Daniel was a, a young boy from Judah that when, when uh, and I cannot pronounce that name even in, in Spanish. In Spanish, it's Nabucodonosor. 
But when that, when that king came and, and he came to his, his land and he took everybody as slaves and he killed a lot of people and he took all the gold from the, from the temple, he said, okay, give me the, the smartest kids you have in town and I take them back to my kingdom and I teach them. And he chose Daniel and his three friends. So Daniel was somebody who was in a, in a good position. But I like how just this portion of the Bible describes him. Describe him as a distinguished, exceptional qualities. And we see verse number 4, it says, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption on him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. What a nice description. I wish they could say something like this about me. I don't know if they say it, but what a nice description. Trustworthy. Somebody you can trust. Somebody you can count on. I, I, you know, I always say, are you, if, you, if your car breaks in the middle of the road, who is the first person you're going to call? I don't know. I have many, many 911s in this church. One of my 911s is Brother Cliff. If something goes wrong, I, the first person I call always is Brother Cliff. And he always helps me. If Brother Cliff doesn't answer, I call Pastor Leonard. If Pastor doesn't answer, I call Brian. If Brian doesn't answer, I call a taxi. But, but usually works. But what a nice feeling when, when you can trust somebody. When you can relax, with, you know, when you know somebody got your back. And I'm blessed to be in this church and I'm blessed to be supported by the elders of this church because time after time after time when we face difficult situations, the elders tell me, don't worry, Eric, we got your back. And it feels good. Believe me, it feels good. And maybe you are in that position. Everything is good for you. Daniel was okay. He was in a higher position in the government. He was doing his work. He wasn't, he wasn't doing nothing wrong. He wasn't taking money for himself. He was not negligent. So he was working really hard. Everything was good for him. He didn't deserve to go in any trouble. But what we see in verse number 4. That the administrators or the other politicians or the other officials said... We tried to find charges against Daniel. And that's the second thing we're going to try to look. And I call this like the lions. You know, we know that the lions are going to come at the end of the story. I don't want to make you confused. You know, the, den, the den, lions den. But I call these toxic people like lions. They're always, always walking around us. They're toxic people. There are people that really don't know the Lord and we have to keep praying for them one, you know, again and again and again and again. And we have those kind of people everywhere. We have those kind of people maybe at work. That they maybe are upset because you're doing good. Maybe are upset because your company is doing good. Because you have a good family. You don't even know why you make people upset. You go to Walmart and they people get upset because you have this car and I don't have that car. You know. And you see it. People just explode in a, you know, in a second. 
You can see it making a line in Home Depot. You know, the cashier takes a minute, people start complaining. This is terrible, terrible service. And they just explode. They're just upset. And these toxic people that are present in our lives, and we have even in our families. I hear one time somebody told me, I would love to come to church because the church became my family because I cannot talk to my family anymore. And I said, well, you're welcome. This is your family, but you have to keep praying for your family, little by little, one step at a time. But we have toxic people that, you know, that are always trying to put us down, always, always criticizing, always... People don't see what Daniel went through to get to that position. People don't see what we went through to get to the position we are. And it's not because we believe that we are better than somebody else. But people don't see how much, how much Daniel suffered when his land was, was taken away from him, when he was transferred to a new kingdom. People don't see all the, you know, all the things that he has to learn a new language, all, all the things he went through to be in the government, to be in a higher position. But if we look, really look at it, in, <clears throat> it says right there, verse number four, it says, at this the administrators and the satraps, they were two in the government. They have different positions in the government, but they were still not happy. They were in the government too. They were separate. Uh, down there says they were in number, uh, verse number 7 says the royal administrators. Royal administrators. What a fancy name. Prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors. It was a lot of people that have a good position. They have, you know, they were wealthy maybe. They were in a good place too. But even on top of that, they were unhappy about Daniel. And we have people like that all around us. They're never happy. They're just, I will, they think they will be happy when they put you down. They, when they make you feel bad. When they make, you, when they make you go down and they will be in your place. That will make them happy. And they work really hard like these guys did against Daniel. To try to make Daniel go down. And when they, when they arrive to that position... Then they start looking up. Oh, now I wish I can be. I wish, I wish. All these toxic people is around us. And the problem with these people is that they don't know the Lord. They're, they, they're not happy with what the Lord gave us. We have to be happy with whatever, like the Apostle Paul said. And used to live with a little bit. And then used to be with a lot of riches. See, like you used to be in a really nice hotel. Or you used to... Be in a trailer somewhere. But all these people have, have their own positions, but they were still not happy. But you, if you keep going down to the history, what they did, they said, finally, in verse number 5, finally these men said, we will never find basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. What it tells me here that the people around Daniel knew that he was a man of God. That he, that he do things about, you know, how God like it. God's way. But we sometimes do my way or no way. But we don't forget about God. So, 
uh, <clears throat> verse 6, So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, Making Darius live forever. And it, it came to my attention that they always came as a group. When somebody's attacking you, they always find somebody else. Because they don't like to do it themselves. It's people that they should be lawyers. They are very smart. They, they know how to talk. They know how to manipulate people. So they, they always show us a group. And he says two times. They went as a group. And the main reason they go as a group is because they know that they don't have credibility. If they go by themselves, the king will say, no, not really. But because a lot of people come, you know, they always work as a group. And when we are in unity, we can accomplish so many things. But when we are in unity, we, you, you can do a lot of bad things too. They come as a group because they don't have credibility. They come as a group because they, they know that they have to work together. Even when maybe the, the half, half of the group don't know what, what is really going on. They're experts in talking people to do things. They start talking about something, and then you, you said something, and all, he said, no, it wasn't me. But all this was coming to Daniel, and he didn't know nothing about it. So basically, the, verse number 7, the royal administrators, prefects, all those people that didn't have nothing else to do, said, uh, <clears throat> said to, the, to, the, to the king, that anyone who prays to any god or human being during ne the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, should be thrown into the lion's den. They, they convinced the king to make this new law for his own good. And, and the king, you know, because they were saying really nice things about him. Oh, good. Okay, I'm going to do it. But verse, nine, verse, verse 10, I'm sorry, says, Now when Daniel learned that the, the, the creed has been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open, towards Jerusalem, three times a day he got down to his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he has done before. Daniel knew that we always have to obey God, number one. They, I'm sorry, Daniel knew, yes, Daniel knew that we have to obey the Lord. He knew the Lord. He, when you're really connected to the Lord, you need to talk to him. You, it's, it's like the Bible says. He's the bread of life. He's the, he's, he's the water of life. If you don't have it, if you don't have a piece of him, my day, my day is incomplete. I just don't feel the same way if I, if I leave my house with the Lord or without the Lord. I know he's always with me, of course. But if I don't spend at least a couple of minutes putting that day in front of my Lord and say, Lord... And sometimes we, we, we're so busy in, in, the, in the Lord business that we don't spend time with the Lord. We're so busy serving the church, but we don't spend time with the Lord. But Daniel knew. Daniel, for Daniel, he knew about the law. He was, uh, he, I, I don't think he, wanna, he, wanna be, he didn't want to be disrespectful. But he just said, I'm not doing nothing wrong to anybody. 
So he just keep praying. And these people who, has, who had a lot of time, then these men went as a group again and found Daniel praying, asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about the, the royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, you know, they know how to make him feel good, will be thrown in the lion's den? The king answered, Yes, the decree stands in accordance with the law of, of, of the <clears throat> Medes and Persians. Then they said, oh, say to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. How they knew he was praying three times a day? I don't think he, he, they were diligent like Daniel was in his work. Maybe they were just waiting outside of Daniel's door, Daniel's window, to see how many times he, he was praying instead of being working. Most of the people that just try to damage our lives is because they have too much free time. They think the world goes around them. They think, every, they, they think they're the victim in everything. Everything you do or not do will be used against, it will be used against you in the court of law. Because everything you do or not do to them, they are automatically, automatically hurt. And Daniel didn't do it to hurt anybody, but they were right there. But look, I love to see the answer of the king. In verse 14, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He determined, and he de determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until the sun down to save him. He, the king knew it was Daniel, the king knew Daniel, and he tried to save him, but he tied his own hands. He tied his own hands with this new law. And then I think at this moment he realized what the other guys were doing. And he tried and he tried, but he couldn't. So verse 13 says, when the men went as a group, they went back as a group again and said, Remember your majesty about the law that you put in place. So what, the, what he has to do? Verse 16, So the king gave them order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. He knew Daniel's God. And that was his only hope, even at this specific moment. Even that king, he was putting his hope in, in Daniel's God. Okay, Daniel, I couldn't save you. Being the king of kings, I couldn't save you. So may your God save you. And they put the stone and they seal it and they pull the rings because they, they want to make sure nobody moved the rock. They don't want, you know, Daniel's maybe his friends to come at night and, and rescue him. They seal the stone, they seal it with the ring. Then they said, verse 18, the king went back home and he couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. He, he said, he, I don't want any entertainment tonight. He didn't sleep all night. Verse 19, and the first light... Of the day, the king get up, got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near to the den, he called Daniel with a distressed voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? 
What a question. And this is where everything starts going good. This is where I really what this message is about. Where our hope is based. Where your hope is based today. Because your hope in the Lord is never misplaced. Never misplaced. And we can see that we can see how Daniel answered. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angels, and he shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. And my favorite verse in all this, and the verse that I want you to remember today, is verse number 23. It says, The king was overjoyed, and gave orders to leave Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no boons was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. That was the key word. He has trusted in his God. He put his hope in his God. And his God didn't, didn't misplace it. The Lord was with Daniel. And how all this will work for, <clears throat> for all of us today. We say, well, this is a nice story that you tell the kids in BBS. And, and they do the lions. And they put pictures of Daniel sleeping with the lions. And, but what is that about me today? What is that about me? I just want to let you know that those, all those painful circumstances. Because for us it's easy to read. But when you're really putting Daniel's shoes... Uh, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. Even if you are close to a dog that you see he's kind of upset, you try to stay away from that dog. Imagine being close to a lion. And those lions, they, don't give them, they didn't give them any food for weeks. That way they were really, really, really hungry. But I, I, you know, verse number 24 says, you know, the punishment. All those toxic people, all those... You know, agents from the government and advisors and all those guys who were spending their time, wasting their time trying to hurt somebody who was not doing nothing to them. Because we don't see in the Bible that, he, that Daniel ever rest, answered to them. Even if, we, if you study Daniel the, the chapter 3, you see that when, when the other king tried to kill all the magicians and all the wizards and all the wise people, he saved everybody when he interpreted it. The, the king's dream. He saved everyone. He could say, I'll kill those. You know, they will have a free road. And the only one with the king of kings. Yes, kill everybody else. He saved everybody. The, but all this suffered. All these circumstances. What, what happened at the end? Verse 25. The king Darius brought all to all the nations. And people of every language in the earth. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And verse 28. So Daniel prospered during 
during <clears throat> the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. That's the whole story. That's what happened to him. I, I, I finished the whole chapter. <laughs> but what that really means to us. For, as I said, for many people this is just a really nice history about the Bible. Really nice history about what happened tons, you know, years and years and years ago. But my question to you is how this applied to you today. Where is your hope based? Because when, when you go to the Christian store, all those little things are about hope and hope and hope and hope. But when you really study hope in the Bible, it's not mentioned too many times. The only thing that says about hope in the Bible is three things. That we have to have hope in the Lord. That is the only real hope we have. That the Lord is the, the Lord is hope by Himself, the Lord of hope, the God of hope. But the biggest hope we have is the hope, the biggest hope we have is the hope in salvation. Is the hope in eternity with God. Is the hope that helps us when somebody that we deeply love goes away to stay with Him and wait for us. And believe me, I've Maybe it's weird to say it, but I've fight a lot of time with the Lord. Lord, why do we have to die? Why can't you just back up with the old process and we can just go to the tree and get the, get the fruit? And we don't have to lose people we love. You know, can't you just fix it again? You can do whatever you want, but, you know, I'll just give you my idea. <laughs> yeah. but, but this is his plan. His plan is that if you believe in the Lord... And if you put your hope in Him, you will be with Him for eternity. And that's the only thing that give and that helps me to understand why good people goes away from us. Because today we're losing hope. You see how many people take their lives, how many young kids take their lives, how many people go, you know, in depression. They disconnect themselves from the world. They, they don't eat anymore. They don't take showers anymore. They don't go to work anymore. Because they, they lost any reason to live. They don't have family. They don't have nobody. You know, we put our hope in money. You know, credit cards. We have retirement. All that can crash in a day. I'm not saying that it will crash in the name of the Lord. Will, you know, it will not happen. But it could just change in a, in a split of a second. We put hope in, in people. We spend, and as a pastor, I was telling Pastor Leonard that this happened to pastors many times. You spend so many times with somebody and you, you hope so many good things happen to that person. And you disciple them and you preach to them and you pick him up a uh, hundred times and you know, take them to lunch. And you spend so many, as much as you can to that person. And out of the blue, he turned from the Lord. And said, ah, oh, Lord, I, he lost, I lost my hope in him. People can just turn from us, too. People can turn from us. Circumstances can turn from us. Work can turn from us. You can spend all your life building a company and trying to be successful. And in, in, in less than a week, you could lose everything or somebody else will be in charge. And then 
all the company that you waste or you spend all those years, you invest all those years to make it big, is not yours anymore. Or you're just an employee. But let me tell you, the word of God says that all the work you do for him, he will never forget it. Because as I said, that's the real hope that we can have. That's the real hope. And I can ask you today, you know, I assume most of us present today, we, we know our, uh, about our eternal salvation. We know that Jesus died for us in the cross to pay for our sins. But if you don't know, today is the time. Today is the day that the Lord is giving you. You're not here because you don't have nothing else to do. You could be sleeping in your house or watching TV or doing so many other things. But if the Lord allowed you to be here, it's for a reason. Nothing happened in our lives without a reason. Maybe today is the day that when you have to really take the hope road. When you have to really have hope in the Lord. And that's my only hope. I, I believe that deeply in my heart. During my worst moments. Even in, in Salem. When I have to face really bad things. When I have people calling me and saying. Well, I'm going to cut, the, gonna cut the, the, the brake lines of your car. Watch out. I'm coming after you. When people that. As these people. I didn't do nothing to them. They came after me. Again and again and again and again. And say bad things about Pastor Eric. One time a lady said that I was, taking, I was taking women to do abortions. I was killing babies. And I was like, oh, I don't even know how they can make these things up. I deeply love my children. We're getting close to 60 kids on Tuesdays for the tutoring. I'm taking 37 kids, thanks the Lord, and thanks to this church, we have a new van. So we're going to take 50 kids on Wednesday to Awana, to a Bible-based program on Wednesdays. But that's my hope. My hope in the Lord, of course, but my hope is that all those kids, all those little kids, will become preachers, will become servants of the Lord, missionaries. And my final plan, when I get my papers that are coming hopefully in a year... I want to start taking all these kids in mission trips. But right now we need your help. If you really have a couple hours on Tuesday, you say, oh, I don't know mathematics, I don't know nothing. Don't worry about that. You just need to know A, B, C, 1, 2, 3. You're good enough. If you can come to 10, you're good to go. And you can just bring some candy, they will be happy. They will be all uh, no acting up when they go home, but uh, it's too late for us. So it's, it's their parents' business. And the last word I'm going to tell to you this morning is, maybe some of you lost hope. Maybe you're being hurt so long. Maybe so many people turn, turn on you. Maybe so many things turn, turn from you. Maybe so many people failed you. Maybe even your church failed you. Maybe you're here, but you're dry inside. Maybe you're coming to church as something that I have to do, but you really don't feel love. Maybe you feel that you're by yourself. Give the Lord the chance to show you that you have hope because He deeply loves you. He gave for you and for us, for me, the best of the best, His only Son, to die for our sins. And I always tell the Lord when I don't know what to do, I say, Lord, you know I'm the copilot. You know I don't know what to do. 
And you can do, I give you the keys of my life one more time. I gave it to you like a thousand times, but I'm giving it to you one more time. Do whatever you can do with my life. I don't care, but I just want to be close to you. Because I cannot keep moving without you. And I'm just asking for those of you, you know your position. You know how you feel. But if you lost hope, let us help you. Let us show you. Again, that Jesus loves you and God loves you. You don't have to do it now. You don't have to come to the front if you want to. That's okay. But you don't have to. I'm not asking you to do it. But look for help. Ask for help. That's the, that's the first step. If you feel that you're, that you're alone, ask for help. You feel you don't have hope, ask for help. Come to me. Come to the elders. Come to Pastor Leonard. And we will be happy to show you how much Jesus loves you. Let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you very much. Because we have hope. And the deepest hope we have, oh Lord, is in you. And we know you are the God. The real and eternal eternal God, oh Lord. You are the King of Kings. You are the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega. You never change, oh Lord. And our hope is in you. We hope, O oh Lord, that you will take us to be with you one day. But if we depart before you come to pick us up, we will be there with you, O oh Lord, in a second. Thank you, Lord, because we know it's true. Thank you, Lord, because the Bible shows us that it's true. Even when all the words said it's not true, we believe, O oh Lord, in faith. We trust you because you are trustworthy. We can trust you. We trust, O oh Lord, that we have a future in heaven. That we have a house waiting for us because Jesus said before he left that he was going to prepare houses for us. O oh Lord, you are our biggest hope. We hope in you even when everything and everybody turn away from us. You are with us. You never leave us alone. I ask you, Lord, for everybody that is here this morning. I ask you for every heart that is here this morning. You know in what condition is that heart, O oh Lord. You know if it's sin in that heart. You know if it's pain in that heart. You know if it's anger in that heart. You know our hearts, O oh Lord. And even you know in the words of the words of us, you deeply love us, O oh Lord. And I ask you for everyone here, O oh Lord, that you... You help us. You clean our hearts. You heal us with your word. But to be able to be healed, we have to read your word, Lord, with the holy, with, with the living water, with the bread of life. For those that feel alone, oh Lord, put people around them this, this week, oh Lord, please, to, feel, to make them feel love. And help us to, to go, take one step. To, to make somebody love today, O oh Lord. We love you, O oh Lord. We love you. We need you. Deeply. Thank you, Lord, for this church. And thank you because this church is based in the hope that we serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.